Welcome to Education Beat. I'm Ann Vasquez, CEO of EdSource. It can be overwhelming for any parent to navigate having a child with a disability who requires extra support in school. But parents who know little English face another major hurdle, getting accurate translations of the documents and meetings that determine exactly what extra support a school should provide. It's my child's right to receive the education that he needs. Could a new state bill help parents in California advocate for their students in their native language? Here is this week's Education Beat with guest host Emma Gallegos. Carmen Rodriguez has two children with disabilities in San Francisco Unified. Making sure that they receive the help that they need in school has been a long journey. Carmen noticed right away that her older son was struggling, but it wasn't until second grade at the beginning of the pandemic that her son's teacher agreed that he needed to be evaluated for a learning disability. That was when they diagnosed him with a learning disability and anxiety, Carmen says. So from then on, she began to get involved in special education. Getting help for a child who was recently diagnosed with a learning disability wasn't easy during the chaotic early days of the pandemic. But it was even trickier for Carmen as a Spanish speaker who understood little English. It was all in English, she says. Everything was very fast. They just gave me the result of the evaluation. So this process of translation was extremely lengthy because they acted like everything was closed and they couldn't translate. It took eight months for Carmen to finally get a translation of her son's first assessment. And that was just the beginning. Parents of students who qualify for special education meet every year with teachers and administrators to agree on an IEP, or Individualized Education Program. This document explains what services the school will provide to enable the child to learn. It took almost a full year to get this document translated for Carmen's youngest son after he was diagnosed with dyslexia. Carmen says, how am I going to understand the document, right? How do I really know that what it says here is really what my child needs? This is Education Beat, getting to the heart of California schools. I'm guest host Emma Gallegos. This week, Parents of students with disabilities fight for their right to understand in their own language how their children are being educated. My colleague, Zadie Stavely, wrote about this for EdSource. Hi, Zadie. Hi, Emma. So, Zadie, how common is this issue that Carmen has faced trying to advocate for her own children? So it's really common. In San Francisco, where Carmen lives, she started talking about it with an advocate, and then she started hearing from other parents, and then she started bringing other parents to the advocate. 
And that advocate told me that she ended up hearing from about 100 parents in San Francisco Unified who were having trouble both with interpretation, you know, spoken translation and written translation. Parents were saying that the IEP meetings that they have to do every year, they were only given an hour for those meetings. But if they needed interpretation, which means that, you know, I say something in English and the interpreter says it in Spanish, or I say something in Spanish and the interpreter has to say it again in English, it's going to take longer. In fact, it probably will take double the time. So their meetings were actually getting cut off before they would finish because the district had only allotted an hour of time for everyone involved. The other big issue was that the district was taking months and months to send written translations of IEPs to the parents. Later, I also spoke with parents in Los Angeles, and I spoke with advocates elsewhere. And this one advocate, her name is Lisa Mosco Barros, and she's the founder of an organization called Speducational. And she basically told me she has never seen a timely translation, and she's never seen all documents being fully translated. She works with dozens of families in Southern California. She's worked with hundreds of families to like train them on how to navigate the IEP process. And she said she's heard the same complaints over and over and over. So it, it does sound like it could be a complicated process to navigate, maybe even for someone who does speak English. Right. The IEP process is complicated for anyone. But the issue here is that under the federal law that governs special education, parents have the right to be involved in this process and to be able to advocate for their kids and to understand what it is that their kids need and then be able to say what they want the school to give the child. Now, they're not necessarily going to give everything that the parent wants, but the parent has to be able to understand the process in order to advocate and then also in order to sign off on the plan. What happens if a parent feels left out of the loop? What's at stake for students with disabilities? I spoke with a woman in Los Angeles, Tanya Rivera. Um, she has a son with autism. And during the pandemic, everyone went to distance learning, right? And then in 2022, Tanya went to the IEP meeting and she had someone who was interpreting for her. She assumed that Luis would go back um, to in-person classes. She signed the document and it was in English. And Tanya speaks some English, but very basic. And the school district later told her, well, he's going to continue on distance learning. And Tanya said, why? I don't want him to continue on distance learning. And they told her that the reason was because the IEP did not specify that. So she signed the document in English, but she says that she did not fully understand the document and so what ended up happening with him is he spent another, a third year on distance learning. And she says that that was really detrimental to him because he not only lost some learning, but he also had a really hard time with socializing. When he came back, it was very, very hard for him to return. When parents are getting translated, either meetings or documents, who's doing the translating? That's a really good question because... Actually, several of the parents that spoke with me said that the schools were not necessarily always providing a professional interpreter for meetings. And so they would sometimes have like the secretary or the receptionist from the school do the interpretation. Or in some cases, I've heard of students being asked to interpret for their parents. The point is that not necessarily people who are professionally trained to be an interpreter. And so even if you're bilingual, you may not have the training to interpret well. And 
especially in this case, you would need to have the vocabulary and the understanding of how the special education process works. So the way that Tanya described it was, you know, just with one word that's mistranslated, the whole context and meaning can be lost. Carmen also faced her own struggles with poor interpretation. Yo no sé mucho inglés, ¿verdad? Pero ya unas que otras palabras yo entendía que no era como yo las decía. Carmen says she doesn't know much English, but she could understand some of the translator's words, and some were not accurate. She says, several times I told the interpreter to really say what I was saying, and he told me, but that's how you translate it into English. I told him, no, the translation really has to say what I'm telling you, right? Because it is the education of my son. Carmen reached out to Belen Pulido Martinez, a community organizer with Innovate Public Schools, a nonprofit focused on parent engagement. Together, they began to work with Matt Alexander, the San Francisco Unified Board of Education Commissioner. In 2022, the district passed a policy to ensure that every effort would be made to translate special education documents before meetings so that parents would have time to read and understand them. It also requires meeting times to be extended to allow for interpretation. I truly appreciate that Matt listened to us and really saw our needs as mothers, Carmen says, to have a document translated into our mother tongue, because that's really how we're going to understand what it says there and to know what we need to do to support our children. It's made a difference already, Carmen says. She says other moms in San Francisco Unified sometimes come up to her and thank her for what she's done for their children. But I don't know your child, I say. And they tell me, oh, my child has an IEP. As a nonprofit organization, EdSource depends on donations and grants to sustain our quality journalism. We rely on listeners like you. Between now and December 31st, EdSource has a goal to raise $100,000 to support our journalism. Make your donation today at edsource.org. So, Zadie, let's talk for a minute about what's happening at the state level. Uh, tell me about this new bill. SB 445. Right. So what happened after that is that some of those San Francisco Unified parents started getting together with other parents, and they also went to meet with Senator Anthony Portentino. And Senator Portentino has dyslexia and ADHD. And so he says that this issue is personal to him. So he introduced a bill, SB 445. It would require IEPs to be translated into a parent or guardian's native language by a qualified translator within 30 calendar days of an IEP meeting or within 30 calendar days of a request. That bill passed the Senate, passed the Assembly Education Committee and the Assembly Appropriations Committee with no opposition. But there was an analysis in the Assembly Appropriations Committee that found that the bill could cost the California Department of Education about $400,000 annually, which is not that much in the state budget, but that it could also cost school districts between $6 million and $16 million, which might also have to be reimbursed by the state. Portentino said that he was concerned that the bill could be vetoed. So um, he chose to make it a two-year bill, which just means that he's going to try to get the bill passed next year. And 
he's hoping that there will be more time to discuss it with the legislature and with Governor Gavin Newsom and get it passed. So how many families don't speak English at home? Well, in California, actually, about 40 percent of students in California public schools speak a language other than English at home. Now, some of those parents might speak a language other than English and also English, but many of them do not. So this is something affecting quite a few parents in the state in their in their children. Right. And something that Matt Alexander said was, you know, he feels like since there are so many families in his district that don't speak English at home, he just feels like it's extremely important to do this translation because that is the only way that they can make sure that parents are engaged. Carmen says this law could help all kinds of parents across the state, not just parents like her who speak Spanish, but then many parents who speak Chinese, Arabic, Korean, and more than 80 other languages. Los papás tienen que batallar mucho, ¿verdad? Para, para pedir una evaluación, para pedir un documento traducido. Parents have to fight hard to ask for an evaluation, to ask for a translated document, and it's really difficult, she says. So if this law passes at the state level, it would be really good because it will benefit a lot of children and a lot of parents. Because this document is very, very long, and it's a very long process, if it's in a language that we understand, it is going to be easier for us as parents to know what schools are going to give the children. Carmen knew it was important to begin organizing when she realized just how many families were affected. She says when parents can't speak, children can lose their best advocates. I saw many cases, she says, some like mine, but there are students with more severe needs who need more help. So we have to do something, right? Because the best advocates are the parents. If we don't speak, we can't advocate. Things will continue as they are. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Education Beat, Getting to the Heart of California Schools, a production of EdSource. You can find Zadie's story at edsource.org. Our producer is Kobe McDonald. Special thanks to our guest, Carmen Rodriguez, and reporter Zadie Stavely. Our CEO is Ann Vasquez. Our theme music is from Blue Dot Sessions. This episode was brought to you by Sobrato Philanthropies. I'm Emma Gallegos. Make sure to subscribe so you won't miss an episode.